Welcome everyone. This is a experiment on the the Dallas Design Sprints podcast. I'm actually in my Tesla. I'm going to run an errand and I'm going to see if this actually works. So I don't know if it's going to work. I'm going to be recording an episode while basically out and about in this car. So I'm just going to see how it goes. The theme for this episode is all about two things, um, two things that I've been thinking about kind of running with as a prototype. They're both similar. Um, they're both the same idea, but essentially they're called, I'm, te- I'm temporarily calling them mural masters and mural masters. The idea is that I'm going to be um, providing a service for both providers and for people that are seeking people that want digital whiteboards done. So I guess it's kind of like Fiverr in a way, but not quite, where you're essentially um, buying the services of someone who knows how to do mural or Miro very well, like really well. The difference being is that I'm not going to be doing the upfront kind of pricing like other people do. Um, I'm going about the same pricing I did that was pretty successful with the Mastery mastery Program, not Mastery Challenge, in that... um, It's going to be um, where there's no upfront pricing. What we're really trying to do is match the uh, provider, like the person that does Mural or Miro, with the person that's interested in getting the service. Um, The idea is is that we're just basically trying to match them up, have a conversation to see if they like each other, if what the person is providing uh, works for them, Uh, debrief with both of them after the meeting separately, and see how both of them feel about it. And if it works out, then there's one of two things that can happen. Either I can provide a service where I take care of the the the, the um, contract, the um, the kind of like the the terms of, for working with the, the the person, or the person already has something set up as an independent contractor through their own business, and they've done this before, they can do it on their own means. So that basically they still they have the the client and they held that relationship. And again, I don't get paid for any of this. This is just me kind of making the connection, seeing where it goes. Where the the actual business comes in for me is that I would essentially collect if uh, at the end of two or three or four months after it's all said and done, the boards are made, and um, everyone it, it turns out to be a, a good deal for everybody, then I would just ask for a percentage of whatever was paid, whatever the, the, the set amount is. Um, and that percentage can be variable, Although the, probably the, the default would be 10%. So if it's a $50,000 contract, I would ask for 5000 at the end. So I wouldn't really necessarily come in at the very front. I would ask towards the latter part of it and um, I'd ask for the funds then. So in a way, I'm, I'm more of a connector, but I'm doing it fee-free. I'm, I'm really just trying to seek out relationships. And the idea is, is if I do this, then... I become more of a connector of, of people with, uh, with, with if I'm through their relationships, like people who are looking for mural and Miro uh, contractors, people that know how to do the, the digital boards with the business. That's essentially it. I think after that, it's, it becomes uh, a question of marketing, a question of um, who exactly is interested in the service. I think it's probably going to come, a lot of the business is going to come from LinkedIn, which is where I hang out the most probably from Instagram. Um, I already have uh, a network of different providers on 
through the, the global virtual design sprint. So I know what people that can do these things. I think I just have to advertise that if you're looking for people, I can connect you with them. And the idea is that if the if the if, the, if it all works out, if the if the arrangement works out, then I would get something at the end once it was done. I don't know if I would actually have to state that in an explicit contract, or if it's just an honor system. I don't know. Um, I know that probably for protecting myself, it has to be written into a contract. But I think it's a huge advantage over some companies, especially agencies that want to price in what you're going to be paying for a resource right up front. <clears throat> and what this does is it eliminates all of that. It goes after the relationship first. It's like, is this a good match? Does it make sense for both parties to do this? And if it does, then let's go. Let's see what happens. And maybe things fall apart, don't work out. But the idea is, is that it was something that everyone can learn from. Uh, I'll figure out what uh, a better idea of both the, the source as well as the client wants from services, whether the client is, you know, or the source is legit. Sometimes people front or they don't say what they're really all about until it's too late. So I'd much rather know that I have a steady resource that that looking for work that that wants to get things done. At the same time, I have a client that's looking for certain things that they are need to get done. Also, the idea is, is that I'm forming relationships on the client side so that no matter where the my contact point goes and if they go somewhere else, if they know that I can provide them with, with decent people and kind of go that route, then that's the idea that that it would have a, a lasting effect in terms of being able to um, have a good network on my side. So that's essentially it. Maybe it's good to talk about pre-typing in case you're not familiar with it or what it is. When I mentioned that in the very beginning, I may have just lost a lot of people. Pre-typing is basically Alberto Savoia's brainchild around taking the scientific method and applying it towards business ideas. So the, 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 the gist of it is, is that you take a hypothesis around how you think your idea or service or product is going to work in the market. Figure out what percentage of your audience or what time, what, how much of a certain audience may buy it and, uh, and what kind of skin in the game that it do. So they may buy it, they may sign up for it, they may do webinar, and then everything else kind of circles around that. When they do it, the why they do it, you know, that's all conjecture, or at least it's nice data to have. But what you're aiming towards is in, in, basically intent and uh, investment on the part of your customer or your user that goes into the product. Sometimes there's this notion with prototyping that you're just looking for quick wins, like you're looking for immediate uh, um, validation of your idea. And sometimes it doesn't really work out because I'm finding that usually if you're going into a particular market, unless you're super niche, it's going to be saturated with options. So people are gonna have different things that they can decide on, go in certain different directions. You may not be the right option for them. So even though you may have a brilliant, amazing, super fun idea that you want to prototype or pretend to prototype, uh, it may be that you're going to run into what Alberto Savoy says, the, the, the law of failure that I, and I'm going to probably try to quote this, that even if uh, competently executed, your your particular idea may go down the tubes. So it's I think the failure rate is 90%, so like 9 times out of 10, no matter what you do, it's going to hit the dirt. So I think with the prototyping model, it's one of those things where you can have a really solid idea, at least you think so. But I think if you want to align with that 90%, you really ought to try to do 10 experiments with it and just different variations of it. Different audiences, uh, 
maybe look at a webinar and information. So if you can do 10 variations of an experiment and see if there's any particular market interest with what you're doing, that's probably uh, a good try. <laughs> it would be a summary point of it. So um, in other words, let's go back to the original uh, supposition around the business is that you're talking about a business that provides people with people with uh, um, designers who know how to do digital whiteboarding uh, boards, like basically things in Mural and Miro. Those are the primary two that I see the most often. They can create uh, templates for design sprints, for workshops, for all sorts of things, and do that as a service so that if people are looking for them, uh, customizing, you know, using and leveraging different things within both platforms and they know them, then they just set a flat rate. It's not hourly. It's just what's the job entail? What's the impact? Kind of using uh, Jonathan Stark's uh, pricing model of, of value-based pricing and kind of going from there, but adding a twist to it where Jonathan would probably scream at me that you're not asking for, you got to ask for the money up front. It's like, no, I don't, I think that's maybe if you do that, you maybe I, I kind of think, or at least I, suppose you're going to get people that are going to bargain shop they're going to kick the tires i don't i don't necessarily bought into the idea that you have to you know put your price out in front because in the pan the age of the pandemic i think it's more important to, to find connections first i think it's more um, service provider friendly and that if your clients it's one of those things where they can explore with you what they want and not necessarily have to commit but if they know for certain that you're the person or you're the, the person that you're introducing to them to is the right provider, then I think that's that's a huge value add. They feel like they, they made the right decision rather than going through an RFP process, having everybody pitch what they think they're going to do and it being like a kind of one-upsmanship and who's politically connected to who. I, I think it, it kind of gets around all of that and it really gets to the meat of the matter, which is can you provide the right kind of service, the right kind of value for what um, you know, for for what they want. So that's essentially it. That's the episode in a Tesla car, and I had no idea this is gonna work. But essentially, I'll call this 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 is probably titled uh, uh, Mural Masters and Mural Masters, a new type of service for people that are looking for digital board uh, resources, or I would say resources because that's supposed to be a bad word. Um, people that know how to design in Mural in Miro. And for those who are looking for those types of help, that type of help. So that's the idea. Um, I'm gonna run with it. Again, I think ten. I think after talking tonight, ten experiments is where I want to be, so that I can thoroughly say, you know, I tried this, tried that, tried this, tried that. Is all? Uh, is there anything that has some sort of, uh, you know, positive reaction, or is it all just mediocre? If it's all just mediocre, then probably not gonna do anything with it. Anyway, hope this uh, finds you well wherever you are. And uh, I don't know. Let's see how this quality goes. If I, if I was shouting to the point where you were just hearing a lot of road noise versus me actually talking to you while recording an episode. So we'll, fi we'll figure it out. Anyway, hope this finds you well. You're having a good weekend. And thank you very much for listening. And happy Diwali, everybody, if you're celebrating that. And uh, take care, all right? Okay. And i got to go back into the recording. I'm not driving. Yes, now I can stop. All right. See you. Bye.